Good evening. It is time for the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio. I am your host, Adam Wright, along with co-host Justin Tucker. So we have a lot to talk about today. We have the Aaron Rodgers and Packers drama. We're going to do a little bit more... Uh, we're going to do a little bit more NFL draft coverage. We're going to cover our winners and losers. And we're also going to cover the Bears trade up. Uh, when they traded up for uh, Justin Fields, we didn't get to cover that. Uh, there's also some weird news with Tim Tebow. He returns to the NFL. We're going to talk about that. But first, we have a special guest to help us talk about the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers. We have a lifelong Packers fan and my personal friend, Patrick Edwards, out of Marist College. Pat, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good, Adam. How about yourself? Doing well. I'm doing well. We're out of school. You have, uh, my understanding, you have three more weeks, correct? I'm still in the thick of things. I still got finals and everything. Life's going great. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, it's rough. But, uh, so you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? I mean, there's not much to say. I'm a resident Packers fan. Uh, grew up in New England for the first Super Bowl win to the last, then left when they got bad. Um, much more friendly with Giants fans than I am Patriots fans. Yeah, that's understandable. I've got to say, it's uh, as much I I got. I'll admit, I'm growing up with you. I never actually thought about how hard it is to like be an like openly a Green Bay Packer fan in Patriots territory and just kind of have to kind of sit there and. I mean, you didn't just take it. You you were, but it was it was interesting living with that. So it's um it's interesting. But um anyways, um Pat, what are your thoughts on everything that's going on with Aaron Rodgers? Pat? Yeah, I cut out. I'm not sure what happened. I'm back. What what are your so what are your thoughts on what everything that's going on with Aaron Rodgers? I don't like it. I feel like I should be used to off-season drama right now, but it never gets – it's never something you get used to. But I don't know. We're, we're hearing conflicting reports. John Kuhn, James Jones keeps saying that he's going to be back. A.J. Hawk seems to think that he's going to be back. All the media talking heads who always talk about how terrible of a person Rogers is and how much Rogers hates everybody and Rogers isn't good. They're the guys saying that he's going to leave and they're throwing out teams like Denver and Cleveland as his possible landing grounds. That's not Cleveland's not looking for a quarterback. So that's obviously a dead end take. I don't want to get too comfortable, but it doesn't seem like he's going to leave at this point. But you never know. I know the Packers off uh, front office has been inept for so long that it's the relationship's going to take some repairing. But I think we're in a far better spot this week than we thought we were last week. Absolutely. There was a yeah. You're you have a point there with all these conflicting reports. Like you really don't know what to think. Uh, there's all this stuff in the like in the media. All these different players. And I mean, you don't want to take too much into account like all these former players but i'm sure players who used to know them they they i'm sure it holds some water um but it is interesting to see all these different reports coming out saying oh i think he's gone i think he's leaving i remember uh i remember earlier on brett Favre was talking about it he was uh he was comparing it to when he left uh after after 
Aaron Rodgers was uh, was drafted. So that's an interesting that's an interesting comparison. Now, um, my personal opinion, I don't think he's going to be traded now. But if he leaves, it'll be in the in the next coming coming years. But you know, it, it's it's really just it's really tough to tell at this point. I said earlier on, like earlier this off season, and this was more of a bold prediction that he is eventually going to leave. But uh, because of what he because of what he said in the aftermath of the NFC Championship game, but the fact that this is becoming reality so quickly is just mind boggling to me, and just just really a testament to how uh, how crazy this off season has has become with three franchise quarterbacks, three of the NFL's premier quarterbacks, uh, potentially becoming coming onto the market. Uh, Deshaun Watson with all that drama and a lot of other drama off the fields that we won't speak of. There's the whole there's the whole thing going on with Russell Wilson that there's a chance he could go in the coming years. And now Aaron Rodgers. You know, this has just been this is it's just so mu- so much drama this offseason. But I got to say as uh uh as we continue to cover dur- cover sports uh especially football during this time, uh we're very lucky to be able to, for a startup like we we've had to have such a wild offseason. But uh, Justin, what are your thoughts on uh, Aaron Rodgers? As far as the situation as a whole, I don't think it's most favorable to be a, either a Packers fan or just be or just the Packers organization right now. If you have a disgruntled quarterback that has made it clear he does not want to stay, you have to get rid of him as soon as possible because it makes it very difficult to do things. And like, even if you wanted to trade him, you wouldn't get up as as much like capital to get him like draft capital because everybody knows he wants to leave so they probably lowball him and give a less than expected like capital for him even though he's worth way more but based upon him being disgruntled him not wanting to be there anymore that they'll probably make him want to forcefully take that deal but it's not looking too good for the Packers right now because based upon what Devontae Adams said if he leaves He's not so sure about his future because Aaron Rodgers is his guy. For you to go to bat like that, it makes me kind of wonder the situation as a whole. And uh, hopefully he does stay. I can't really picture him anywhere else other than Green Bay. But unless they can get this situation like better and Aaron Rodgers actually is like, you know what? I want to stay in Green Bay long term. Let's see if we can figure out a way to make this situation right. It's going to be an uphill battle for the Packers to try and win. Yeah. So Pat, there was a there has been a report coming out uh, coming out today, and I believe I'm not sure if it was around yesterday as well, but there that uh, the Packers actually offered a, a long term contract extension to uh, to Aaron Rodgers, uh, reportedly very uh, very high offer. Uh, it would make him the highest highest paid quarterback in NFL history uh, at above apparently above 45 million. Uh, there's not many details on it, but do you think that's going to be that would be enough for him to stay based on what you're hearing about it? So I haven't looked that closely about it. I've been busy the last few days, but one thing I did hear and tell me if this is wrong, because it might be, but almost none of it was guaranteed money. In which case, it's more like the Taysom Hill deal where they gave him nine figures, and that's fine because whenever he's not of use to them anymore, they can cut him and, and be done with him. 
So if there's almost no guaranteed money and he turned it down, I don't blame him. I don't think that that would be the final offer, but it would be concerning for the Packers if it was 45 million and a substantial amount of that was all guaranteed. And it's concerning either way, because either you have your franchise quarterback, a hall of famer, a guy who has made a case for being one of, if not the best quarterbacks to ever pick up a football, either he's going to leave or he's going to take a hell of a lot of your cap space. And you're not going to be able to have moves to re-sign Devontae Adams next year, to re-sign Jair Alexander next year, to go out and pick other weapons like, a cornerback or an offensive line. So I don't think there's a win-win at $45 million either way. But two things to remember are, A, Aaron Rodgers is under Packers control for the next year, which means that it's not a nightmare scenario yet. It's a bad scenario, but there is time to salvage a relationship or ship him off, whatever. And we haven't heard Aaron Rodgers speak. I don't want to go too far into anything, sink my teeth too far into any theory until I see him on the Pat McAfee show. Because there have been so many things that have been said this past season and this off season. And the media has made it a spectacle only for him to go on and say, yeah, no, I was venting frustration or I didn't mean by anything by that or I knew it would be fun to watch what happened. So from what I've heard so far, I don't know if the deal's as bad as it might seem up front. I don't think there's any way to say that the Packers are winning the deal, whether we get it done or not. But I want to hear from the horse's mouth before I go too far into it, because we still haven't heard Aaron say anything. Right. So, Pat, do you think it would be concerning if they don't wind up if he actually doesn't wind up speaking on this and he just can, he just remains quiet and he does, just doesn't shoot out, shoot down any of these uh, rumors or the, the media that's constantly just piling on all this uh all this drama that's going on. Do you think that it becomes concerning if they, if he doesn't speak at all? It'd be nice to be in the know. I'm the kind of guy that likes to know what's going on so I can have a say in a situation. Obviously I'm not Packers management, but if I were Packers management, I wouldn't like that. <clears throat> I'm sure he's got a dialogue going on with the team. And I think there are some good things that might come out of him not speaking. He wasn't the one that leaked this. He's not adding fuel to the fire. He's not straight out coming out and saying, yeah, trade me, release me, whatever. I want to be done. But the fact that he's not dispelling any rumors isn't exactly comforting as a Packers fan either. So I don't think we can entirely know until he does say anything. In some ways, I like the fact that he's quiet. In some ways... I really just wish he'd speak, regardless of what he's going to say. That way we can know and not make this a spectacle for the next three months of the offseason. Right, sure. I'm sure it'd be very, I'm sure it'd be very comforting for uh, a lot of Packers fans out there if he was to just to step up to the podium or at least come onto the Pat McAfee show and say, "Look, this is all just noise. It's off-season drama. This is this is all nothing. I'm I plan to be a Packer for life." Um, However, if he stays silent, the reason I asked I asked about if he doesn't actually speak at all is um, I remember I I just look back at a lot of different players who have been rumored to leave, and one thing I found in common with most of them is that whenever there was all these rumors swirling, they never shot them down. They never sp they never spoke, and then when it was time to leave, they just left. 
outside of Kyrie Irving, who like a jackass walked in, walked into the into the stadium and said, "Hey guys, I plan on re-signing." And then that next offseason, he left. Outside of that, I've you really got that can see. I still I I hate that guy. I've <laughs> I'd love to say more adjectives, but I'd like to keep this show at least PG. I thought um, you liked him. I thought he was your favorite player. Until he left after saying that, <laughs> and then he can't. Then he went to the Nets, and that team barely made the playoffs. Not, I mean, I, we're not going to get in the NBA, but there was LeBron James who was who was rumored to leave. So it's it's interesting how uh, like I, we're I, I'd like to see I'd like to hear him speak as well, uh, and if he doesn't, that'll also be, that'll also that might also uh, uh, that'll also say a few things as well. Well, I think it's interesting, too, that you just pointed out two NBA players to compare that scenario to, because I do think the NFL is kind of turning into the NBA and the fact that the players are exuding more power now. You know, you never used to see Brett Favre when his split happened was, I'm going to come, da- come back to the Packers. No, I want to retire. No, I want to come back to the Packers. And all the Packers said was, no, we're releasing you. You're not coming back. There wasn't a trade me. Once he left, he got traded to the Jets, but he always wanted to come back. Whereas in the NBA now, you're seeing the decision from LeBron James or James Harden and Kevin Durant and uh, Russell Westbrook either force the way off teams or sign with the team just because they have a good chance to win. I hope the NFL isn't going in that direction, but we're seeing a lot of guys, Tom Brady's leaving going to a team where he can get players and win. We're seeing a lot of guys force their way through trades, and it's kind of heading in that direction, which I think is emblematic of Rodgers. Whether or not he's actually pushing this, and it looks like there's at least to an extent he is, that didn't happen 10 years ago, and that's becoming more the norm now. Yeah, I I have we have I have drawn a lot of comparisons for the the NFL to the NBA. Uh, whether or not it's turning into that and putting some thought into it. Like I'm sure the, uh, the NFL, a lot of the players will have a lot more power uh, depending on the position, but that's just the thing. It'll depend on the position. It also depends a lot on the roster and the philosophy around there. Uh, when, with the NBA, it's a star driven league. If you, if you have the superstars and you have like some sort of chemistry to some level, you're going to win games. Uh, but it doesn't matter about the coaching or the role players. They really don't matter that much. And in the end, in the NFL, it actually does. You know, you need an offensive line. You need a good defense. You need all these weapons. You need. It's not defined by the quarterbacks. It it's a quarterback-driven league for the most part because that's the final piece to winning a championship. But it's it's. I just don't like I've thought about it a lot because of all the drama that's happened this at this offseason. And while it has been a little scary to see what's happening, um, I don't think it's going to turn completely into the NBA. But we're, we'll see some where we'll be able to draw some comparisons in the coming years and it'll probably continue. But mm-hmm. it's uh, it's an it's an interesting scenario. But um, do you have anything else you want to mention about the Packers, Aaron Rodgers? Anything like that before we move on? I just hope it gets solved soon. You know, it'd be an interesting situation to see him end up in uh, Denver. It's a nice little, nice roster they have going there. It'd be reminiscent of Peyton Manning, but that is where the 
team control for 2021 comes into play because he can't just leave on his own. So that's the other thing some people have said is they think retirement is more likely than going to another team. If I were looking at it objectively from an outsider's view as a Pats fan or a Ravens fan, I probably want him to go to Denver. I just like Peyton Manning turned into a beast, won another Super Bowl, won another MVP. It would be fun to see if Rodgers could do that, but as a Packers fan, I'm a little partial, and I'd like to stay and see him stay in Green Bay and try to win another one there. Absolutely. It was – I mean, I could, I could relate a little bit as a Patriots fan. It was sad to see Tom Brady go. Um, I will say I'm happy for him to see him to see him win without um, – to see him win uh, – to be able to prove that he can do it on his own. But it, it's – that championship that the Bucks won was not the Patriots championship, and it's sad. And uh, yeah. imagine that, Pat. Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver. They win a championship. I mean, it would be really nice to win a championship with one of the best defenses of the decade and all these guys following you and Rob Gronkowski coming out of retirement. Imagine Jordy Nelson came out of retirement. Rodgers got the number one defense and also – Devontae Adams came over and all these other things. I would hope he could win in that. If not, he blows any shot he has of being in the argument for the GOAT. Yeah. I, I mean, Jordy, there's a big difference between Jordy Nelson when he left and Aaron, and uh, sorry, uh, Rob Gronkowski when he left. Didn't feel like Jordy Nelson had anything left. Whereas Rob Gronkowski, he had a little, while he was a shell of himself, don't get me wrong. Um, it felt like he still he was still able to he could still play to some mm-hmm. level, but I mean if Devonte if a Devonte Adams level player went to play with, uh, went to play in that situation I mean I I assume you I assume you uh uh you dr- that you draw that comparison to like Antonio Brown is that that what I mean I kind of just gave a. I brought some players over. Let's see if he can bring some players over. But also, you know, you look more deeper into it. It could even out a little bit. Nelson's a shell of himself. Adams is in his prime. And you got two past their prime, but still very good players in Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown. Never mind yeah. all the other receivers that the Bucks came loaded with. Yeah. Sure. I, I think the I think it was more – when I talk about, like, the Bucks bringing back – bringing in a uh, – taking a team from seven and nine to 11 and five and winning the Super Bowl, I think it's more impressive, not because, not because their, their roster was bare in set in those, these past years before Brady, it was more because it's a, it's become such a losing culture in Tampa Bay, such a, it's not a buttoned up organization that that's a, it's an organization that's had talent, but is underachieved. And they also had a, had a, a, a pick throwing machine in Jameis Winston for the past few years. And not just him, it was also, uh, I'm, I'm forgetting his name, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzmagic. He also had there. Fitz, Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic. But Jame, it's, it's interesting how Jameis Winston was so bad he had to get eye surgery. But so I guess we're going to move on mm. and <laughs> get into a little bit more draft coverage. And uh, this is something that we weren't able to cover in our last episode because we had all these different segments that we wanted to cover before that. But uh, the Chicago Bears, we've been talking about them a little bit this offseason, how they have a very good roster around them, but they didn't quite have the quarterback. I've, I always said that they, they were a quarterback away and some a little bit of, de- of offensive line help 
from being in contention. And they trade up and they take their guy. They have the number 20 pick. They trade up to number 11 and they take Justin Fields. Now, uh, if this guy pans out and this turns out to be a, a stud quarterback, uh, Deshaun Watson, as they're comparing him to, um, this is a team that could be a Super Bowl contender. But uh, Justin, what do you think about uh, what do you think about the Bears trading up and getting their guy? Well, first things first, I always thought the Red Rifle could get it done in Chicago. After the way I saw him playing. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't hold that one in. But no, I think they had to because of who they had at quarterback. They had Andy the Red Rifle Dalton at quarterback, and I respect him. But he's not Justin Fields. So if they had the opportunity to trade up and give away a first-round pick, to the Giants who blew their first round pick this year, I'm all for it because because if that means I get a franchise quarterback for a minimum of five years, I get them on the cheap to help me start winning now with the win now team with the Chicago Bears who could contend for the playoffs like they did last year. I'm going to go ahead and do it. So I think it's a win win all around, even if they had to give up the first to do it, because I felt like they had to do it because of the state of the quarter, the QB room there. Absolutely. It's kind of one of those things where they have the roster. They have the team that's built to win now. They just franchised their number one wide receiver, who's arguably one of the best wide receivers in the game. Um, they, mm-hmm. they basically had to they had to franchise him to get back here. And we felt like the the writing was on the wall that he would leave, uh, that he would most likely leave if they didn't franchise him. So this is a this is a team that's built to win now. They have a gr- a very good running back in David Montgomery. Their offensive line is improved. Their defense is elite, among the best in the NFL. So it all comes down to the quarterback. And dish- and let's be real, I love hyping up sarcastically the red rifle Andy Dalton, but he's not going to get it done regardless of how good this roster is. So they they had to trade up. They took the chance. This was a great move. Now this could go one of two ways. It's either They've turned their franchise around, and they're going to have this stud quarterback for the next 10, uh, 15, 20 years, or however long he he stays here. Or this could be one of the biggest busts, and this will go down as just they're just just a testament to their to the the Bears' luck at quarterback over their entire existence, where they've never been able to to bring in a legitimate elite co- level quarterback. But uh, yeah. Pat, what do you think about it? I mean, it wouldn't be the first time they had a quarterback bust. Let's not forget that they haven't had a Pro Bowl quarterback in 20 years. They made a Super Bowl burst since then. They had Jake Cutler, the best quarterback in their franchise. Or, sorry, they did have one Pro Bowler. His name was Mitch Trubisky, and he's seen as a bust. And that's, I think, kind of unfair to Mitch Trubisky. He's a good quarterback. If that guy got taken in the second or third round, I mean, come on now. He made a Pro Bowl. He got the Bears to the playoffs twice. He's just not a second-round pick. You don't trade up ahead of Pat Mahomes for Mitch Trubisky. But we'll see what Fields can do. I mean, I, I have it out for Gettleman now because how do you let them get Fields? I think he's set up to win. Um, I think the argument that he's not going to do well just because in Ohio he's an Ohio State quarterback uh, and that, that, that's not fair. The college doesn't make it. Plus, he's got weapons. The defense is phenomenal in Chicago right now, as it typically is. 
But, um, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's hit or miss. I don't know which way it's going to go. Uh, I feel more like it's going to go well now that he's on the Bears. I hope it he does fine, but they don't win. But um, <laughs> I think it was a pretty good, pretty good trade. I think you could call them one of the winners of the draft just for that one pick. They set themselves up to win. They swindled the pick out of Dave Gettleman and moved up and got their guy. And they got the best quarterback remaining in the draft. That's something that they didn't do last time. They went out and got a quarterback, and they were picking second overall. So I think Ryan Pace learned some lessons. I, I think the Bears can, the Bears might be a little bit dangerous in 2021. I agree. Yeah, see, as as to your point, too, um, that people really unfairly hate on uh, Mitch Trubisky, I think the reasoning for that is that they passed on Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, who've ever since become premier quarterbacks in this league. So mm-hmm. that that just stings a little bit. And a lot of, of course, a lot of uh, a lot of other NFL fans are going to give the Bears crap for that because they have Mitch Trubisky, who's uh, I mean, at, at best, he's he's just an above average quarterback. And it just becomes it just becomes one of those things where he's I mean, that's going to be to fail. He was set up to fail. You don't take a guy like that number two. He's a good quarterback, and he's—I like the kid. He's, he seems like a good guy, but he's a good guy if you take him twentieth overall, not second. Then he's well, bound the, to be a disappointment. That's the thing. He was highly touted at the time as a as a top five quarterback. He wasn't thought of to go late in the late in the first round or in the second or third. Like I, I if I think if he was taken there, that would have been good value, but. Um, he wasn't, he wasn't looked at that way. He was looked at, especially from many draft experts. Don't forget they were, they thought he was better than Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people thought it was going to be a good pick and it just didn't work out. So, you know, um, it just, it happens sometimes, but it's, it's still going to sting that it worked out that way. You know, that they were able to, they drafted, they drafted Mitch Trubisky before Patrick Mahomes, who's already getting. Uh, consider and I don't I don't agree with this consideration consideration of one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and Deshaun Watson, who is another great quarterback in this league. You know they that's that's gonna stick with him for the rest of his life. And it's like you said, it's unfair, but it's kind of it's just the way it worked out. He was a highly touted prospect when he came out of the draft, mm-hmm. but I mean at, the way I see it with uh, with Justin Fields. Um, it it really depends on how we're gonna see how this works out, and like like I said, this could go one of two ways. It's either they just turn their franchise around and they've got their first franchise quarterback, uh, who is actually a legitimate elite quarterback in this league, or he want or they wind up drafting a bust and it's just oh the Bears getting their bad luck at quarterback again, <laughs> you know. Um, so we just I just wanted to touch on that a little bit because we weren't able to do that last time. I know the draft is we're two weeks removed from the draft, but that's something that we had to touch on. That was a big headline from uh, what happened. Uh, but to cap off our draft coverage for the past few weeks from before the draft and after the draft. Uh, so for um, post free agency, what we did was winners and losers. We kind of went through who we thought won free agency and who we f- thought lost free agency. So I think it would be fitting to kind of end that. And uh, I mean, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit in future episodes. But uh, I wanted to kind of go through that, except for the draft, 
So we'll go through our winners of the draft, which teams won the draft, which teams the lo- lost the draft. Uh, Justin, do you want to start off? Who do you think won? We'll start with winners. Well, of course not. Now, I could take it the easy way and say the Baltimore Ravens because, of course, it's the Baltimore Ravens. They always get cap value for the pick. But, no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, For this one, I actually might go with the Chargers, believe it or not. I'm actually feeling the Chargers this one because they got a tackle in Rashawn Slater, which they absolutely needed to help protect their long-term investment. Hint, hint, Cincinnati and Justin, uh, Justin Herbert who will protect his blind side. They also came in the second round and got Asante Samuel Jr., the new shutdown cornerback to deal with uh, the absence of Casey Hayward now. And I'm noticing a trend with the way that the Chargers are doing things because for some reason I looked at Instagram and they were comparing the way the the Chargers were doing stuff to the way Tampa Bay were doing things last year. And it's kind of similar with the way they're doing it. So... I think the Chargers won this one, but again, I wouldn't say they're a clear-cut winner of the of this draft. But I wouldn't say they're like a loser. I think they are a winner in this draft. That's a good pick. I actually didn't I didn't think of it that way. But they also went into uh, they also went into the into free agency and they got a they got a All Pro center in there too so they're really they're really prioritizing it which i love because that was a big that was a big hole for them but uh pat who is your winner of uh of the draft so i think that the bears obviously put themselves in position to be called the winner but we just talked about them so i'm gonna go with more of a dark horse i think i think the patriots had a very good draft and it hurts me to say it and it's just because they went out and got their guy with mac jones I love Mac Jones. He's a zany guy. I couldn't tell you why I like him, and he's going to be hit or miss. But he played well under Nick Saban. Nick Saban's the college Bill Belichick. So let's see him under Bill Belichick, the pro Nick Saban, with some weapons. You can't really do worse than Cam Newton. And you lift this team up. They should have been a 3-13 and team last season. I told you. I they told you, Justin. That's exactly they're a few games out of playoff contention, and if you get a quarterback that can throw the ball, I mean, you're there. And if Mac Jones can develop further, there's a chance he doesn't. This is kind of a ballsy move by Bel- Belichick, but Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick. Now he's a six-time Super Bowl champion. So if Mac Jones can Seven, even be a yeah. shell of what happened the past 20 years if he gets them to the playoffs a few times i mean that's a win they went out they got their guy they took a chance i think that out of all the quarterbacks he has the best chance to be a fit with bill belichick it might be unpopular it might be a dark horse the patriots made a play not being clear-cut but made a play at being a winner of this draft mac jones love mac jones so I was so two of my winners that I had were um, so I was going to pick the Bears, but I I kind of agree with you. I think since we've already talked about them and we've already talked up their uh, uh, their move, that wouldn't we want to go? I'd want to go a different direction. My backup was going to be the Patriots, so uh, <laughs> I'll have to. Uh, I think I think the thinking off the top of my head, what they did, I think the Dallas Cowboys were. I think they were a winner. Because they needed to address that defense. They have a great offense going there. They just got their guy, their quarterback. And 
now and they went with uh they helped on on defense which they needed a lot of help on and they're going to have to continue doing that in the coming years in order to balance this team uh and sort of try to uh become more of a well-rounded team squad i mean that offense was awesome in those first four in those first four games with Dak Prescott, it really showed what Dak Prescott can do when he has the weapons, when he has everything around him. He's one of those quarterbacks where you need to take care of him. He can't just work with less. Um, but it really shows like if they have that defense going well, then you could have you could actually I could actually call me crazy. I could actually see the Cowboys contending with Dak Prescott if they have everything all of their ducks in, in a row. Crazy, crazy. That's a huge if. Oh, it's a it's a wrong. big if, but they need everything to be perfect. And I, I they're in a they're in a weak division too, though, and that helps them. Exactly, and they could win more games. It comes down to how they could perform in the postseason. Obviously, if Dak Prescott can be uh, da- playoff Dak, not that that is even a thing, but That's not a thing. It, Don't it could become it could become a thing. It could become a thing. It's possible. He just. He needs. He's got Amari Cooper. They took C.D. Lamb stupidly, but they have C.D. Lamb. He's a very good wide receiver. Turns out, uh, they have Michael Gallup, and mm-hmm. uh, let's not forget about about Ezekiel Elliott. He's uh, he is getting a little a little older, but he's a quarterback where we've or sorry, he's a running back where we've yeah. seen uh, if he has if he has the the if he has a well-rounded attack if he has that offensive line going. He's a legitimate threat, and he's one of the best running backs in the league. They just need to improve that defense. They, they, this is a great start with uh, what, what was it, Micah Parsons, that kid they took, the linebacker. Yeah. So this was a great pick. I think that's what they needed to go with um, in order to to rebuild this defense. Okay, uh, the Cowboys are in a position to win, to be a contender. The Cowboys will cowboy this thing up like they always do. Have they high probably, expectations and fail to meet them. Let's not let's not do that. I'm not saying they will. I'm saying this is a start, isn't it? Yeah, it's a start. I, I'll give you that. It's a it's a nice start. It's a good start. Well, they I they I agree. They probably will screw it up. They're the cowboys. <laughs> they're they're the cowboys we're talking about here. But they actually made a good move here, and I agree with it. I think they they need to work on that secondary as well. Um. I'm sure some of the players. They, I mean, you you mentioned yourself that, uh, in a couple of weeks ago, a couple episodes ago, Justin. Uh, a lot of their players were a lot of their players were they had good players, but they just underperformed like really badly. Mm-hmm. So they could bounce back. They could draft some players next year too, and maybe by 2022 or 2021 they could improve. But uh, you know, they're I think they set themselves up fairly well. They'll probably screw it up, but pretty good. Pretty this good, right? This gives them a chance. All right. So we went through the winners of our free agent of our um of our uh, NFL draft. And we were talking off camera. That's actually that was actually the probably the toughest one to come up with because we didn't really see many clear cut winners. Um uh, we were talking off camera a lot about that. Uh but losers. Uh, do we did we see any NF, uh, dr- losers of the NFL draft, Justin? There were a couple. I'm gonna leave uh, the obvious one to one of y'all, but for me, an obvious loser was the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, 
did they have to take a running back with the first with their first round pick in Najee Harris? I get it, he's a stud, but they had more pressing matters to deal with, main soul at edge and at line, and they failed to address either of them in the first round and instead chose a running back when to be honest, they have other guys in the back in their backfield that could do just fine as a committee. They didn't need Najee Harris. I understand why they took him. He's a phenomenal player. But uh I felt like they had more pressing matters at O-line and edge edge rusher to deal with. So, yeah, I think they're they're just a loser, like they always are nowadays. I mean, with the Ravens and the they're just losers. That's an interesting pick. I thought I thought it made a little sense. They they had a very one-sided uh, off one-dimensional offense. They needed a run a better running game. James Conner wasn't doing the James Conner wasn't doing the job. And this could make it a little more uh, two-dimensional. But, uh, Pat? The obvious one is, I think, Jacksonville. Obviously, they had the first-round pick. They got the guy that was pretty much unanimously chosen to be the best player you could get in the draft. And they got him, as you should. There's nobody that could steal him from them. But then they went out in the first round of the 25th pick and got a running back. With that loaded running back room, it didn't make any sense to me. And – to me, you were 1-15 last year. You have a lot of places you need improvement. Fixing it at quarterback isn't going to be the end-all, be-all. So I think Jacksonville was the easy one. But I also think that, and this is kind of coming full circle in this podcast, San Francisco blew it with Trey Lance, I think. We'll see. Wow. Who knows how any of these quarterbacks are going to do. I would have taken Justin Fields. I don't think Trey Lance is bad. So I don't know if you can call them losers. I just I was surprised that they went with Trey Lance at number three and not Justin Fields. Hmm. That's interesting. That might be an unpopular opinion, but that caught me by surprise. Mac Jones was supposed to be the number three. That's what a bunch of people were saying. That, as much as I like him, probably a good thing that didn't happen. But I was surprised to see Trey Lance get picked over Justin Fields. I don't know if you can call him a loser, but it wasn't what I would have chosen. Yeah, I I mean, I would have taken Justin Fields, too. I think Justin Fields is one of the better players, uh, one of the better uh, quarterbacks in the draft outside of, obviously, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. But, mm. I mean, they did have it narrowed down to uh, – I would have – I still would have been surprised if they took – if they took the 49 – if they took uh, Trey – if they took anybody besides Mac Jones and Trey Lance there – uh, simply because there were so many reports coming out that it was one of those two, and there were they that Justin Fields wasn't even in the conversation. Uh, now Justin Fields fell really far, and honestly, I thought he was going to fall to 15 for a little while. I thought he was going to fall to yeah, the Patriots, and I, I thought we're gonna we're getting our guy. We're getting our guy. I love I like Justin Fields. I wanted him over Mac Jones. Then I heard the then I heard the Bears traded up, and I was no. like, I can see where this is going. It was like, God damn it. But it's, I just, my thought is if you can call the bears winners for trading for Justin Fields, then you got to at least make a comment about another team passing up. I think he's probably the guy with the most potential, a lot of risk, but I think he has a lot of potential. Yeah. I, I think the same thing with Trey Lance though. I, I think that guy has a lot of potential. I think Trey Lance is going to end up, I think he has, he has the abilities uh, he's shown he's uh, on a in a small sample size. Granted, he is able to win in at least at the college level. 
Uh, so he has he has that. He has the attitude. Um, they there are reports out uh, from scouting reports saying that he's going to be a project, so they'll have to work on him. Uh, they ha- they still have Garoppolo on the team, so this could be a couple years in the making if he turns out to be a franchise quarterback. But I mean, I have to hand it to the 49ers to drafting their guy. But uh, for me, as for losers, um, I would have to go with. See, I'm so tempted to say the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm so tempted to say that team uh, just because they took – and the reason the reason I'm so hesitant on it and say, not saying, yeah, they're losers is because they the guy they took is a stud. Mm-hmm. And he Joe, Joey Burrow might not need that much time if he has – if he has Jam, wide receiver Jamar Chase, he has – T. Higgins. T. Higgins. He has uh, who's the other guy? Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd. All those three targets. He may not need that much time. And I, I mean, I'm as much as Joe Joe Mixon has gotten a lot of crap. I think he's been very good too. Mm-hmm. Um, but as for as for losers, yeah, Jacksonville's a good one. Um, I think um, I had one, but I, I completely forgot what the pick was. Um. I know one. I know one. Go ahead. Those New York football giants. The Giants. That that was my pick. Yeah. See, that made no it. That team, they have wide receivers. That team has a running back who is who when he's healthy and at playing at his best, he's one of the best wide receiver. Sorry, running backs in the game. Mm-hmm. They have a defense that was that that got really good this past year and outside of outside of the offensive line they have the quarterback they on it we'll see if if he can do it but they have their quarterback who they think is their guy and they have tight ends as well they have evan engram and they have kyle rudolph the only piece they needed was on the offensive line and they took another wide receiver not just any wide receiver they didn't take rashad bateman they took what is his name? Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony. When Rashad Bateman, he, they didn't even take the best one. They took Kadarius Tony. He wasn't even the best pass catcher on that on that Gators team. It was Kyle Pitts, and it it just didn't make it made no sense. Now, I do I think the the Giants are still going to be a good football team? Yeah, yeah. They had a good offseason. They had a great free agency. But this Kadarius Tony kid, good lord, like why? Like what a waste of a first round pick. I, I'm sure, and I'm sure he could be useful to to another team in the first round, maybe, or mm-hmm. in the second round. But it's just not a position of need. Like why? Why are they taking? Why are we taking this guy? If you're if you're the Giants, you know, I I, I have it out for G- David Gettleman for doing that. I I really do. It it made it just made no sense to me. It, I didn't even know who the guy was, barely. That's the G-men for you. The social yep. media game stronger than the front office. <laughs> Basically, yep, that's that's the G-men for you. I don't even know what to say other than Daniel Jones should perform and have like 4,000 yards passing at this point. Like that's what it's set up to be. I guess this is like a test to see how good Daniel Jones can be, but there are other pressing matters to like tend to. So at this point, I'm like, you have Kenny Galladay, 
You have Saquon Barkley, who can be a pass catcher. You have Evan Ingram, and I say that hesitantly. You have him. You have a red zone target in Kyle Rudolph. You have a number of Oh, you have Darius Slayton and Slayton Shepard Shepard. You have weapons for him to throw to. So you didn't really need Kadarius Tony. You could adjust other things like linebacker edge. Those things would have been fine, but you chose wide receiver. Yeah. And better yet line O line. Cause I didn't think Andrew Thomas played that well. And that was their first round pick last year. Oh boy, the G-Men. The G-Men. I, I live in New York. I watched every Giants game because that's what was on. That was what my roommates like. That wasn't the hole they needed. They also let Wayne Gallman walk, which if you have Saquon yeah. healthy, doesn't really matter. But I mean, we're talking about how bad Jackson was for drafting a running back. Mm-hmm. You didn't draft a running back at all. Wayne Gallman played very solid this season. And Blake Martinez, I think. That this also might be an unpopular opinion. Little bit of a hole. In the defense, the defense could have used some fixing. The running back position could have used the pick later in the draft. None of it. You went all out with the one position that you really didn't need to worry about. And testing Daniel Jones is a bigger risk because if it doesn't work out, you set the rest of the team farther back. You're not a quarterback away from him. You're entirely in rebuild mode. This doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Now, um, so that'll wrap up our draft coverage uh, for tonight. Um, however, there's an interesting headline going on that um, now or a couple of weeks ago, or I, be, I it was maybe a week ago, Tim Tebow, who was a he was a former NFL quarterback. He was a first round he was a first round pick, correct? He was yep. he was taken he was pick. taken really high in the first round. No. And where 20, where was he taken? To the Broncos, I believe. Twenty. All right. Yeah, I've forgot. Um, but they end up. So he's he hasn't been in the league. He goes to the New York. He goes to uh, he goes to baseball and he works his way up. He's been in the minor league system for the New York Mets the past few years. Uh, he never made it past Triple A or Double A, I believe. I think he got to Triple A. He got to I believe yeah I thought he got to Triple A. Um, never got to the big leagues, regardless. And he he quit that. And he decided he he called up the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's like, you know, I kind of want to be a tight end here. And they ended up signing him actually. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is a, this is interesting news. A former a former first round pick out of out of college in the NFL. He was a quarterback. Now he's going to turn into a tight end. What do you think about this, Justin? Of all people to play your tight end, others more deserving, more talented, and just overall a better prospect for you, you choose Timothy Tebow as your tight end, a quarterback turned tight end, when there are other better tight ends still available in free agency. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm not happy with this. I I don't know how to feel about this except shock and the fact he made it this far as like getting a contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars to actually be a part of their team is ridiculous. But then again, he Urban Meyer was his college head coach. He was like, oh, let's just give him a shot. But I, I don't know what to say here. I, how? It's bizarre, isn't it? 
Yes, it it's very tough. I don't know why they did this. And he's old. He's 32, 33, right? Yeah, Wide receivers can go longer. Tight ends get beat up. And he's already old. This is a one- and two-year investment. More talented players could have gotten it. You could have developed another guy. Only Urban Meyer would do this. And this will be great for ticket sales in week one. But after that, I don't see what use you could get out of this. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> um, so outside of the fact that Urban Meyer was his old head coach, or old, uh, yeah, old head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I think let's face it, the reason he was he was signed at all is because his name is Tim Tebow, and like I'm sure he's a very he's a very solid athlete, but his name's Tim Tebow. It's how he got to the, it's how he got to the minor league system of a, a different pro sport, and and I'm sure like I said, he, I'm sure he's a very solid athlete, but he's old. Um, he doesn't, he's not all that big of a guy and, you know, he has, he's never really actually proven himself as a, as a pass catcher. He's always just shown, okay, I can do a little bit at, uh, in baseball and I'm a, I'm a good, uh, I'm a, I'm a good quarterback and I'm a great quarterback in, in college. Uh, and I, and won a playoff game for Denver that one time. But, you know, his name's Tim Tebow, and that's the reason. And, you know, it's going to be really, like, ESPN is going to take their pants off when <laughs> Trevor Lawrence throws a touchdown pass to Tim Tebow. As if he like, makes just, the roster. Just yeah, think if he throws a touchdown pass. If, Not when. If that yeah. yeah, right. I, did, I say, did I say when? Yeah. Yeah. And in this case, it's an important difference. I kind of, well, absolutely. I kind of want to see that happen. I just want I just want to see the media reaction to that. How they're just gonna they're just gonna be all over it, and when it's literally just a touchdown pass to a guy who's basically irrelevant now in the sports world. That's that's literally his his name is Tim Tebow. That's his name. That's how he got to the pro to bro, pro baseball, um, and that's how he's gotten so many chances in the NFL as a quarterback as well. And that's that. There's not much to it befo- besides that, honestly. All right. Now, uh, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Make sure we, you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check us out on Spotify and Google Play. Also, to be also be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you next week. Over and out.